Jesus, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to gather together this morning, to be inspired by uh, your story through scripture. Uh, today, especially, we just pray that anyone who is feeling left out, who is needing community, who is needing to um, find the joys, the hope, the transformation that comes through community, that we would be able to provide that for them. That each of us would just uh, look anew at, at what it is to gather together as community and be church and to be inspired to uh, follow after you in a new way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so last, uh, last Sunday, uh, our mentor and friend Aaron Gavin was teaching here at Bloom and um, did a fantastic job of just talking about how much our mind plays into transformation follower of Jesus and um, just going forward on this journey. And he's so energetic and passionate, and he's a preacher. you got to say amen sometimes, and I mean, Aaron's a fantastic guy. We, I love the diversity uh, that we, I think there is a diversity that's needed in teachings to help us to just learn and grow. If you had to listen to me all the time, it would just get stagnant, and that's what we're bringing people all the time to get different voices. Keenan's speaking next Sunday, and Amy Popenga, the professor from Bethel, is speaking the Sunday after that. And we just need this multiple viewpoints, multiple personalities just to get us going, and there's just something that just is passionate about the way Aaron just talks about Jesus and rethinking things, and he really got me thinking about transformation and even the just how our mind plays into certain things. And one of the things that, that, that I was thinking about, so hopefully, I apologize if for those of you who weren't there, but he's talking about how our mind will say things to us over and over again. We have these blurts that, that kind of come against like who we're called to be or kind of drag us down like, yeah, you're not too good at that. Or one of mine is that, are people really being transformed? Is this really, are, are we just a, a, a club that pats each other on the back? Are we really being Formed. And of course, this is just a blurt, and it's not something that's reality. But it also stirred me to have a conversation about transformation um, this morning, because we kind of started with the mind last week he was talking about, and it really, it goes on from there to something bigger, greater, better, different. Um, to you that are uh, new today, a couple new faces, we do teaching, we do a discussion afterwards. You'll still see people wandering in the next few minutes. Uh, we'll have communion announcements, prayer circles today. Um, but I want to start with 2 Corinthians 3.17 um, as kind of our opening passage. We'll be in Corinthians a little bit today. Uh, it says, in any heart where the spirit of the Lord, Jesus, and I want to say Jesus instead of the Lord because this is who this is talking about. It's why it's capitalized. It's where any heart where the spirit of Jesus is present, there is liberty. Now all of us with faces unveiled reflect the glory of Jesus as if we were mirrors. And so we are now being transformed, metamorphosed, into his same image from one radiance of glory to another, just as the spirit of the Lord Jesus accomplishes it. So it talks about the spirit accomplishing something, transforming us, metamorphosizing each and every one of us to be in the image of Jesus himself, This, which is, as we found out, the true image of God, anything through scriptures, the Old Testament, as they've tried to help us to, to understand and see, it says that our clearest and fullest image of God is shown through the life of Jesus. And this is that he's transforming us into this mere image 
of that. Now you're not going to have the beard and the hair and maybe look just like him, but there's a heart change. There's something about seeing people differently. It's getting our eyes off ourselves and looking to others that something big happens. Um, how many people in here love change? Because there's a few people who are like, oh man, I'm a, I love to change. I love to change things up. Carrie's a change lover. John's a change lover. If so, it's my change. If it's your change, all right. Yeah. If it's your change, yeah. I'm the kind of guy who will have three Apple updates on my phone and still don't want to like be like, fine, I finally do it. I don't want to relearn this. I got a new phone this last week. It's just been, I shouldn't say hell because there's much worse things, but it's been troublesome, annoying. Uh, hell's what comes to mind. Like It's just like, oh, technology, what have you done? I'm sure it will be a blessing once I figure it out, but by the time I figure this thing out, they're going to come up with another update, and I know I probably sound old saying this, I just don't like change. Like, I can eat the same lunch every day. I have six eggs for breakfast every morning. Every morning. Six? Yeah, six eggs. I put my, my Cholula on top. If I don't have my Cholula, I'm like twitching. I'm like, oh, where's my hot sauce? Like, yeah, look at this. <laughs> got to feel the beast, man. Um, just kidding. I have hollow legs. It all goes into my legs. Yeah, six eggs. Um, where are we going from that? I even think about our marriage. Like, Amy and I in January have been married for 19 years. 19 years. Um, together. And it is, a, like, I've known Amy since second grade. So second grade Amy was way different from the Amy that I started dating when I was senior in high school. That Amy is way different from the Amy from about 10 years ago. Like, it is, it's a completely different person. And we're nine years after that again now. And I'm just like, man, but it's, it's good transformation. This is stuff that needed to happen. We're evolving together. We're, we're growing together, but we're growing in individuality and in our understanding of God, Jesus, the universe, how to survive America, whatever. It's, it's been this transformation. It's been something that needed to happen. It wasn't stagnant. And so I don't know about you, but I think, well, we see from scripture before I say that, that, um, that God is in this, this renewal, this, Redemption is making all things new, making all things glorious. Remember, we looked at the word teshuva, the repentance word, which means return to goodness. This, it's this renewing of all, this transformation, this process that we're all invited into. And I think he really desires all of us to take part in this, to, to follow after him, to be a part of change, redemption, something big going on. And so I don't know about you, but I think all of us have no areas in our life where we could look more like Jesus, where we could transform into his the way he would answer someone or love someone or go out of the way for someone. There's, there's things that, that, that definitely could happen that could transform us to look like that. I know when we look at society, there obviously is stuff going on that needs transformation, that needs change. There is injustices. There is poverty, hurt, pain, torment. There is a hell on earth in areas for people that, that needs transformation, that needs something to happen. What I want to talk about today is I think one of the one way this transformation happens, uh, and I think it's a big way that the New Testament talks about, is through community. There's something about community, the gathering together, us being in this with one another, learning from one another, that helps transform, that helps this process happen. I think we can only go so far alone. Um, and we'll get into what the scripture says about that, but it, it, it really paints this picture that it's this pathway to looking more like Jesus, to having this 
this mindset that's that's all of us as being one, that all of us are being united together and we've got each other's interests in heart. It's not just worried about me or my home or my job, but I'm, I'm thinking about my neighbors, I'm thinking about my community, I'm thinking about those who don't have enough that I've never met around me. I'm extending the kingdom of heaven to all that I can be a part of. And this is, this is the kind of transformation that I want to talk about this morning. Um, I think before I read this next verse, I'm going to just add lib for a second here. Um, when I think of the Bloom community, there's a lot of us who um, fit a good mold of what we stand for already that, that when we came in. We are accepting, we're loving, we're very graceful people. We serve in our communities, we take care of what we see. We've got a lot of boxes checked but I think there's times when we have so much good going on around us that we, we just get comfortable and we don't, like that, that opportunity to change, to go farther, to go deeper, to look more like Jesus, I think it takes a back step sometimes. It takes us like, ah, but I'm doing okay. I've got the, I've got this stuff checked off. Um, sometimes that even, you know, we, we try to quarterly do something with, with serving in the past and even that I've, I've resisted having like a corporate, like something we do together, a serving event, um, because it's such a, it's an easy box for people to check and be like, oh, I served in the community, we did that. Instead of having this lifestyle of what's going on around me, how do I do this, what's going on? And so I think all of us need to just have open hearts today and, and just listen to the Holy Spirit. Where is the next area that I can open up to more? Where have I just found myself comfortable? Where, where does transformation need to happen? We are an amazing place. You are all amazing people, but that doesn't mean not my duty or ours to say, okay, what's next though? How can we go deeper? How can we go farther? Where is the growth going to come from this next time? If we go down to 1 Corinthians um, verse 12, or chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 7. Uh, it says, each believer has received a gift that manifests the Spirit's power and presence. That gift is given for the good of the whole community. Just as a body is one whole made up of many different parts, and all the different parts compromise, comprise, I'm sorry, compromise, uh, comprise the one body, so it is with the anointed one. And here is what I mean. The body is not made of one large part, but many different parts. Would it seem right for a foot to cry, I am not a hand, so I couldn't be a part of this body? Even if it did, it wouldn't be any less joined to the body. And what about an ear? If an ear started to whine, I love how he uses the word whine. Um, I'm not an eye. I shouldn't be attached to this body. In all its pouting, it's still part of this body. Imagine the entire body being an eye. How would a giant eye be able to hear? I always love this, this picture it's giving, like this giant eyeball trying to hear. I think Paul is exercising some old school humor here that uh, he's trying to get us to understand. It says that the entire body... It, it wouldn't be able to hear. If the entire body were, in, were an ear, how would an ear be able to smell? Would it seem right for the foot to cry, I'm not a hand? Um, oh, man, we just did this one. This is where God comes in. God has meticulously put this body together, and he has placed each part in the exact place to perform the exact function he wanted. If one part is suffering, then all the members suffer alongside it. If one member is honored, that all the members celebrate alongside it. 
You are the body of the anointed, the liberated king. Each and every one of you is a vital member. I'm going to read that last sentence again. You are the body of the anointed, the liberating king. You are the body, the hands and feet, the mouthpiece, the hug of Jesus. Each and every one of you is a vital member. And not just the body of Jesus, but we make up the church that gathers that calls themselves Bloom. Like this is, this is our community. It's not my community and I'm here to just serve you guys. It's each and every one of us. If we're going to experience any form of success, it comes in the form of each and every one of us taking our place, finding where our gifts and our talents are, what we can do, and, and joining into that, trusting that, stepping out, taking a chance, being the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us. If there's one thing that would ever uh, make this experiment that we have going bloom, maybe it's not an experiment, but I like to think it is because we change things up so much, but, but seriously, I mean, we're, we've tried the discussion, we've tried different things. If there's one thing that would make this fail, it's each and every one of us just relying on everyone else to do everything and not taking your place, not being a part of it, not joining in, not participating, not being the church, the hands and feet of Jesus, like owning it as your own. Church isn't something you go to for entertainment and, and uh, just to check off a box. It's something you own, something you participate in, something you find your place, and you're like, oh, this is where I belong. This is what I have to give. This is where we're going here this morning. There's one thing this passage tells me that's really interesting is that diversity is super important to transformation and growth. It says all these parts are completely different and completely necessary for one another. We need different backgrounds. We need different upbringings. Um, I know in my own life, I am a single, not single, I am a, I got that covered. I'm not, yeah, yeah, so I am a, what am I trying to think of? Not single, but, no, 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 straight, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm a straight white male. What a job, sorry, man. I am, I'm a straight white male. I got privilege, I got white straight man privilege that I experience all day long. I do. I, this is what I was born into, a country that really amplifies that too. And being married and having a daughter, I've gotten to see some of the female perspective of things because I live with it, I see it, I see how people treat, I see how employers have acted towards females versus males. Like I get to see a picture because I'm so closely related to that. But we need, I, I need more diversity than that. I need young people in my life, millennials, no matter how bad I get annoyed sometimes, like I'm not that old yet, and I need that perspective, and and I need the wisdom of, of the jam in my life, like that just carefree, loving, like I, I need it, I need that perspective, it, it rounds me out, it, it teaches me, it helps me learn. We need the diversity from people who have been born here, who've, who've come here from families that are trying to escape oppression or find something new, we need different backgrounds, people who grew up poor, people who grew up rich, this will make it so much easier to learn, to grow, to experience transformation. It says we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to have different functions. If all your friends look exactly the same, we are really limiting the amount of transformation or impact we can have in this world. It's this, this multitude of voices, this multitude of learning, this multitude of perspectives. Because to be honest, each of us have got like this little bias in place, this little... Um, kind of almost blinders on the world because of how we grew up, the family we grew up in, the neighborhoods we grew up in. It's, it's a, a very narrow perspective on the world. 
And at times we thought it was the only perspective on the world. Like, oh, everyone doesn't see it my way. No, it's, it's, it's really narrow. And the older you get, you start to see, like, man, my perspective, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that story. I didn't realize that could happen. I didn't know that men treated women that way at times. And, man, what, what are we going to do about that? Um, I, I, it's something that's, like, just seriously, like, messed my prayer life up is the second debate. I think it was the second debate where they talked about 300 people being shot in Chicago every day. Like, that is still, like, it just jars me when I come to prayer. Like, I just, I can't believe we live in a, like, I hear people get angry when we have one shooting show up on the news. Like, oh, I'm like 300 today in Chicago. Like, what, what are we going to do about that? Is there, is there something more? Is there something that the church or me or that uh, understanding these stories, being willing to listen and understand is going to help bring this kingdom of heaven on earth here. You've each got your own story. You've each got your own gifts. Like, that's important. That's value. Paul calls your story a living epistle. Like, the Bible's still being written out because the story's being written by you. And it's, it's something that can affect people and change. And so, the first thing... Man, I need to keep going here. Diversity is important if, as we're looking at this. I don't know why I... We can't do this alone. We need to understand uh, each other better. It's going to help us to grow and to transform. That's what we're talking about today, transformation from, from Jesus through community. Um, I had a screen for that. Where are your blind spots, I guess, is one thing to ask us. I know that I grew up in northern Minnesota in a very white community, um, a, little, a little bit redneck. When, I, when people find out like how many school fights were each day, like it just is... That's how we got things done in the North Country. Like, shoot. We snowmobiled to school if it was, like, too snowy. Like, it was, it's rednecky. Um, but each of us, there's, what's, what's your blind spot? What's, what's that about your past? Maybe it was something where you got hurt. Someone who hurt you, and now you just are not open to listening from something. I don't know, but we've got that. And, and blind spots can only heal through that, that experience of, of community, through seeing other people's perspectives, understanding their part of the story. Um, the next question to ask ourselves is, how can we start participating in a diverse community then? Like, how do we start participating in a transformational community that has a multitude of voices, a multitude of ages, of backgrounds, of socioeconomic statuses? How can we broaden where this perspective, where this transformation is coming from right now? Um, And I think the first thing that is the, well, not the first thing. I think the hardest thing we're going to talk about today is that it's going to have to take, like, effort. This is not going to accidentally happen. It's not going to all of a sudden, like, I come to Bloom, and, like, that's my prayer circle. I had a few different people in it, and that was my diversity. No, we're talking about engaging in each other's lives, like, hearing each other's stories to the fullest. Not just their prayer requests from last week or what they were excited about because they got a promotion or... The neighbor dog died that we were praying about that was pooping in the yard, and like it's there's there's something deeper that we need to experience with each other's life to have transformation, and it's going to take effort. It's going to take goals. Maybe I won't even say goals, but there's there's something about like like going after this, like like making a discipline about it. Like I'm going to enter into more diverse relationships with the people around me that are surrounding me in my community to grow, to transform, and not just for me, but to help their transformation. Because the thing you're forgetting is that if transformation, there's a big community piece to this. That means if you're missing from that puzzle, then everyone else is suffering. 
Everyone else is missing out on what you brought to the table, what your perspective brought, what your ideas, what your talents were. You're holding that back from everybody else who's in community with us. Um, and I apologize for the people who are visiting today. This is kind of a get down on boom, folks. Let's be in community together. There's a lot of Jesus stuff at the end, so just keep listening. So you're going to have to try. You're going to have to put yourself out there and actually make an effort at doing this. Uh, Paul says at the end of that verse we read that each and every one of us is a vital member. Like, meditate on that. Vital. The you being a vital member. I need to remember that and meditate on that. Like, we are each needed for this thing to work. Um, do, do you see yourself as being necessary to this community? Being committed to it? To being without me, like something would be missing? Because we need to get to that place where we see ourselves that way. We're not just a soup pot where if the bacon was missing, it's ah, a little less flavor, but we can go. No, it's vital means we're going to feel it. If you've ridden a bike without brakes, like, you know, like, shoot, those go a long way. Jesse knows. Like, the cable starts stretching, you're in trouble. Like, oh, you're going down the way too big a hill and you're trying to do the foot thing and you end up just diving in the bushes and getting scratched up. There's, there's something that each of us plays that's going to mess with the whole of this thing if we don't take our place, if we don't find our way into this. Um, it's a big deal to even show up on a Sunday. How many of you have been like at home and woke up? This was me this morning, to be honest. Amy's like kicking me. She's like, your alarm's ringing. And I'm like, I didn't even hear it. I'm like, is it, what time of the day is it? What's going on? I shut it off and it's like, oh man. I am spacey, like this is, it's like I could just cuddle here right now and just stay in bed. I'm going to text a coup of my notes and make her teach this message this morning. <laughs> Have you ever had that Sunday where you're like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Like, I'm just staying home. And that, I mean, and honestly, don't have those days. You need them. But they can't be, Sunday showing up can't just be about you. And I know we've talked about this. It can't be just if I feel like it, if I need church. Because if we all show up and we all need church really bad or we need community, then who's the one that's giving it? Because we're the church. Each and every one is coming to, like, your hug or the person you sit next to or that you smile and just ask how their week was doing or when we're in prayer circles. It, that, that care that we bring to that, like, you might be the thing that lifted them out of the funk and brought the energy and the hope and the Jesus that was going to just make this next week all different for them. Erase whatever cares, worries, concerns, anxiety that they brought into this place and help them to just leave with just that hope and that peace and the love of Jesus. Um, and so there's this commitment to one another which involves showing up. There's a commitment to one another that involves checking up. When we're giving prayer requests in the circle, do we check up on each other? If someone had a job interview that was a big deal, that was a make it or break it, or uh, had a hospital visit, or uh, did we check up on them? And I'm not talking just the next Sunday, hoping they were there and saying, I'm fucking texting, Facebook, something, driving over, knocking on the door with a cup of soup and being like, hey, how are things? What's going on? Because in doing that, we are Jesus. Anytime you bring a cup of water to a little child, it's like you've given it to me, Jesus says. Don't laugh. What? That's what a bad analogy, kind of cheesy. Uh, I think there's something to committing to, committing to meeting outside of Bloom. The best kind of transformation, the best kind of church happens outside of Sunday mornings. This is 
This is great that we have this gathering spot, this spot to energize us, to get us excited, to get us grounded, to get us understanding what prayers are in the community going on, but the best kind of church is happening outside of this. It's in our homes, it's in coffee shops, it's raking each other's leaves since it's that time of year, it's being a part of each other's life. This is where community happens. Are you committed to one another to doing this, to being a part of that, to, to entering into that? Who's it? One of you the other day was telling me that you needed a project done. Oh, I know who it is. I won't say it. Someone was saying, man, I could really use help on this, but I don't want to ask anyone else because everybody's got projects. And it's like, well, if we're all saying everybody's got projects and we're not going to do it, then what is this? A cool. Keenan came over and helped you guys paint stairs once, didn't he? Yeah. The Jorgensen's just moved. There was a bunch of us there to help move. We've got to team up and do... No, 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 no. I showed up. You just... You guys were fast. So good. So good. Chris and Liz are going to get a list for me. So we got to be careful with There's something about sharing. Like, yeah, you might all have a basement to paint, but if... Three of us got together and painted each other's basements each weekend instead of slaving it. It's going to be easier, it's going to be funner, and transformation can happen. Scriptures say if two or more of us are gathered in his name, Jesus is in the midst of us. Now, we've, his spirit's always with us, but there's something about that. There's something more. There's something amplified that's going on there. There's transformation that can happen. Um, can you commit? Here's a good one. I like this one. Maybe you guys won't. Can you commit to not using your go-to last-minute text that's like, oh, I just, I'm exhausted. I just can't tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Because you really just want to sit on your couch and watch Netflix. Like, who's done that? Who's got that, like, oh, shoot. I'm backing out. And it's like five minutes before it starts. We're just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm staying home. I'm on the couch. It's just Netflix. Uh, John's laughing a lot. Have you been there? Have we done that? And I mean, there's times when that's okay, but can we commit to trying not to have it to be just so easy to just be like, you know what? I'm just too tired. I'm out of this. And trust that maybe there's something about community and meeting together that, that has more to it, that, that's got some substance there that will energize you in a way. Now, I know there's some introverts in here, and you're going to be like, Luke, you have no idea how much effort it takes to meet with a stranger or go into community this kind of way. And I get that. I trust that. Uh, I, I understand and I live with an introvert. But there's also something about trusting Jesus in the scriptures and this path he set before us that says, if you do this, if you try this, there's going to be something greater that's going to happen, that he could be the energy we need from this, that there could be more happening, more healing, more restoration, more in that time with friends, even if it was an effort to get there than the staying at home, vegging out, recouping our mind. Um, and now, take these messages as holistic. We did talk about meditating and taking time for yourself a few weeks back, so we're not, these don't like get rid of each other, but there's something about pressing ourselves to do more, to enter into more, especially if we want to be healthy, if we want to grow, if we want to transform, if we want to have something happening here at Bloom that happens with each and every one of us together. Um, I, I've, I've gone out with people and looked around the group and saw on their faces the zombie look that just says, I could be watching something on Netflix on my couch right now. Like, I, I don't have any energy to be here. But they showed up. And that's maybe where it started at, but by the end you get people laughing, you get people relaxing, there's something that happens. Now we all, yeah, might show up as, okay, why did I sign up for this? 
how did I get here? But is there, is there a trust in God that something bigger can happen? Um, I want to talk about comfort and entertainment really quick. Because I think this is something that holds us back a lot of times. In our relationships, because uh, I know I do this, I think there's a level of comfort and entertainment that we're looking from from almost everything in life. If I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm hoping to be comfortable and I'm hoping to be entertained. And if those two things aren't happening, then well, maybe I don't want to be here this time. When I show up for church, am I looking for comfort? And am I looking for entertainment? I mean, sometimes we sit on hard green chairs. I've been in churches on the hard chairs and we're like, man, the pastor isn't as funny as I thought he was going to be today. Or uh, there's things that help us to tune out before things happen. Or we've been juggling with our musician stuff here at Bloom, and so we haven't been able to have a consistency with music, which we're, I think we're narrowing down to twice a month now to just find some kind of consistency. But if that doesn't happen, are you like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, get, the, I didn't get that from church this morning, and so I'm a little disappointed. Now, church is one thing, but if we take this relationally, like, if we really believe that transformation can happen in a communal setting together, it might not always be comfortable and it might not always be entertaining. And I would even argue if real transformation is happening, there's going to be a little bit of level of discomfort, and it might not be entertaining. And can we still enter into that? Can we still be a part of it and be like, okay, this, this is church, something bigger is happening here. This will lead us to a place where, yeah, we'll have times when it will just be entertaining and laughter if we're experiencing true community. But if we're experiencing true community together, there's going to be times that, that it gets a little gritty. It gets a little like, shoot, this is what's going on. This is what I need to say. This is what needs to happen. Are we willing to steer a conversation that way if it needs to be that way? If you need to talk about something, are we willing to bring up tough conversations? Or is it always, is it always the, you don't talk about money, politics, what are the three things that are like taboo? There's so many taboos. Like, oh, let's just not get into those kind of things. Did you say race? No, religion. Religion. Um, You get disappointed if, like, a, you sign up for a small group or a Bloom event and it ended up being deep and not something that was just silly or exciting. Do we, is it, does that feel uncomfortable? Is that something that seems foreign? Um, this is my first time doing this from this screen on my phone, so it's a little smaller than I thought it would be. Um, I think the other thing with... Transformation is we've got to be okay with it being slow. This isn't this process. We, we've talked about the fruit on the tree. The Holy Spirit produces these fruits in our life. The fruit takes time. It's not like I'm going to show up and have an engaging conversation and we're going to go a little deeper one time and we're just going to reap all the benefits next week and be like, yeah, we're doing that again. It's, it's this process that we're trusting. Deep conversation. We're part of each other's life. We're checking on each other. It took a little bit of effort. It might not have been entertaining, but it was community genuine, there was something pure about it, there was something good happening there, we experienced church together I think honesty is a big piece of this, I think there's so much um, uh, actually before I said that I had a question, what is getting in the way of you making a commitment to community then, and especially community here um, the next would be honesty, if we're going to do this this kind of transformation we're talking about is being honest with one another. It's not showing up and when we're in prayer circles. And this is something you guys are good at. So I'm like, I love that we have prayer circles and deep prayers come out. It's not just like, oh, this one is an unspoken request. This one is. I was in a 
group at a church once. I was an usher at a church once. Big, you know, you needed to pass the basket, wear the blue coat, and uh, we would pray together. And I swear, like of these ten guys, like there was like nine unspoken unspoken prayers this morning. Unspoken, like we all have prayers that no one can talk about. There's not anything going on. There's something about being able to be like, this is what's going on in my life. There's an honesty. There's an openness. There's a honesty goes beyond just prayers. So it's it's are you being you or are you pretend to be someone else? Are you, are you showing up for church pretending to be, I don't know, looking like a different person, trying to conform to everybody else? Because you got to be unique. you got to be you. you got to bring your special gifts, talents, personality to the equation. Don't show up and try to be like everyone else. That's not what we need. That's, that's the opposite. So are you pretending to be someone else? And it might be just to fit in, or it might be just because you're afraid of who's really inside and what's there. But what is it? What are you hiding? What's, what's in there that you're passionate about that needs to come out? It might be super nerdy. It might be, you know, people might giggle, but they found a piece of who you are. And there's an appreciation there. There's a level that we can go deeper. There's, there's something, maybe in prayer circles today, you can, like, some, like, nerdy or weird fact about yourself that you hide that will come out today and we'll, we'll find a little piece of what's, what's really there. Um, but I think there's something about, about that, about... When we come to church and someone asks how you were doing, not just automatically being, oh, fine, or this week was fine. Like, if the week sucked, like, be like, this was a rough week. And give them a hug. Like, you don't have to go into it more. Like, they might ask you more, and it might create community and go into it. But why, why, do, we, why do we, like, it's, oh, great week. So quick to just, like, it's that pattern. We don't want to look like the person who had a rough week, so we just put on the smile of, like, oh, my week was great. Uh, can we be honest with how things are going? I think, um, I think this goes beyond even like church community too. Like, are, are you open and honest and committed to your relationships with your family? You've got other committed relationships in your life. Like, what about your work friends? Are you the guy that just shows up for work and goes home? Because remember, you're the hands and feet of Jesus. There's a, there's a piece of entering into that more uh, that I don't want to spend too much time on, but there's something to think about. There's something to meditate on. Are you being honest? Are you being you? Are you playing the role of someone else at work and at home with mom for Thanksgiving dinner? In what ways are you pretending? In what ways are you putting on a facade or trying to be someone else? Or who are you pretending to be? Bloom needs to be a safe place. And I think we do a really good job of that, where, where people can ask hard questions, where they can be themselves, where they can talk about what's going on. But this safety, uh, it's, uh, it's something that we all need to participate in and make sure it's happening and make sure people feel that way. It's, it's not just my job or the way we set things up, it's each and every one of us making sure that prayer circles are safe or our conversations with people are safe so that they feel like they can open up, they can be honest, they can go deeper. Alright, now I want to go to Jesus a little bit. Um, not that this all hasn't been Jesus' transformation, but uh, Jesus is the means of this trans transformation. It's not just hanging out. We, there, there's a level that we've got to trust that he's doing something together with us because he really is the one doing this. The Spirit is the one transforming us, metamorph... I hate that word. You know, um, you read it. Go back in your notes. Um, so are we trusting him together? Together as a community, are we trusting him to help us to, to do this? Because I think that needs to be our prayer. Like We need to experience something deeper together. We need to go farther. We need to have this diverse, transformative community take just that next... What's the next step around the board? What's... What's that next opportunity for us to take our community a little deeper? Who 
who's the newer person who's been coming who needs to be invited into community? We've got great, deep, fun relationships in this community, but, but we it's got to be ever enfolding, expanding, allowing others in. We're getting new faces, and we need to make sure that, that they experience the same kind of community, or they're missing out on a big piece of church, and really even Jesus, because we together make up the body of Jesus and what they see and experience and feel. Um, Corinthians 1.15 says, Jesus is the exact image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation, the eternal. It was by him that everything was created, the heavens, the earth, the things within and upon them, the things seen and unseen, thrones and dominions, spiritual powers and authorities. Every detail was crafted through his design and by his own hands and for his purposes. And he has always been, and it is his hand that holds everything together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the first of those to be reborn from the dead, so that in every aspect, in every view, in everything, he is first. God was pleased that in all his fullness, he should, um, that all his fullness should forever dwell in the Son, who has predetermined by God, bled peace into this world by his death on the cross, as God's means of reconciling himself to the whole creation, all things in heaven and all things on earth. It's this grabbing onto Jesus together and going for this journey. We say we're a church of friends. We say we're a church that does things together. We say we're a church that, that happens even outside of Sunday. It empowers people. We say we trust Jesus. We say that we're in this. I used to warn people, like, you better, you might not want to follow Jesus because he's going to transform you. He's going to change your life. My life looks so much different than it did 10 years ago when I really started following, so much different. And so if we're in this, if we're a follower, and not just a Christian, not just someone who finds the peace in knowing that he's done this for me, if we're a follower of Jesus, there's transformation that can and needs to happen. And can we ask for that together today? Can we look for that? Can we trust Jesus to do that among us? Let's pray and then we'll go into discussion. Uh, we invite you in to our lives, to our relationships, to our community. We want to experience diverse transformational community of Jesus. We know it can only happen through you, but we ask for the peace, but more than that, even the courage to step forward and to, to enter into this a little bit more this next week. We just ask that on each of our hearts, you would just place faces and people that we need to connect with more, that we need to learn more from or share more with or be more a part of their lives, that you would create opportunities for us to hang out more, to eat more dinners, to share more prayers and life together, to be your hands and feet. Uh, help discussion in our time together today just energize us and get us ready for what you have next in these next few weeks and months ahead as we're about to enter into winter when we're in our homes more, we're, we're sheltered away when uh, the, the nights are longer and the days are shorter. We just ask that you would help us to transform this winter together 